Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 7th of January. <laughs> it's just so cool. I love, I love how time puts things in perspective. And today I want to put something in perspective that honestly, I think if you're, if you're listening to this and you feel that sense of others being better than you, you have lived a lifetime, many days of time with these thoughts. I thought twice about doing this show because I said, you know, I've been talking for a long time and people that have been listening are, are, you know, facing these things. And then I thought of all the people, the new people, because I can see the stats for the show, and we have a lot of new listeners in the past two or three years, because this has been going on for five years, or six it'll be. And I thought, gosh, if it just helps one person turn the light on, that the only difference between someone who does what they know they're capable of doing and someone who doesn't is this step, understanding what it means to feel inferior. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? Where did that start? Why did we accept the illusion to emotionally tone down our ideas, our feelings, our desires to put off because we still think we're going to do it, but we think we're going to do it once all our ducks are in a row. But our ducks never really go into a row. We're always got moving parts. We always have moving parts. And inferiority is the opposite of like being superior. But why do some people, and they have just as many characteristics as people we think don't feel that inferiority complex. Only our characteristics are different. But again, I'm going to ask you to really think today about why you accept thinking less of yourself than others. Because I used to have an inferiority complex. I didn't even know I had it until I saw Christ. I mean, I knew in my mind, logically, like, oh, well, they know what they're doing. I don't. I had those thoughts. They could speak English. I can't. I don't know what's going on. They do. I'm always behind the curve. I never ever felt, though, that I wanted to be somebody else. I would admire people for being confident, more confident than I was at certain times in my life, had more than I had. As you ebb and flow through life, you go through different things, you see different things. 
and you compare yourself to that. You're benchmarking all the time because we have to have something that we process when we see what we see. But why do we process wanting to be like others instead of thinking we are the others? Why did we worry about what others think instead of thinking we can think just as good as the others? Who are these others that we are choosing to compare ourselves to? One of the byproducts of an inferiority complex to try to have what I call a false confidence is to constantly attack people who they think are, in their mind, better, smarter, bigger, faster, richer, skinnier, whatever, and we put them down. Or we attack them. We try to stump them, make them feel less than so we could bring them down to our level. And say, see, they didn't know that. See, She's not that thin. She does whatever. And, and, and we start coming up with these reasons why other people aren't so great because we don't believe we are great. The government is bad. All police are bad. Everybody's a liar. We start talking like that as we get older once we have adopted the fact that we were not as good as other people. So when I start to hear in, in my own mind or in somebody else's mind when they share their mind with me, and I start to hear that negative tone, I say, oh, they have emotionally toned ideas. They're fighting to try to feel as good as others, and they're waiting for those others, those imaginary others, to tell them that they're smart or that they're good or that they're worth it because inside they're not buying it. So I say to Christ all the time, how in God's name, when we have a working body and a working mind, Did we accept that? And it was because we accepted the word no. When we had a great idea and we went to someone we trusted with it and they said, you're going to do what? Even if you're a little kid and and you want to be a clown. It would be natural for a kid to be a clown because that's what they're going to admire. But when someone says, well, why would you want to do that? And they start questioning your idea, your thought. Instead of laughing with you and telling you you're going to be the best clown ever, we say, I don't want you to be a clown. Why would you be a clown if you're a clown? Now we're showing displeasure in their choice. And now we feel like we should make a choice that would give us a better response, a happier response. So it starts out quite innocently. Or you have a mother who says, oh, my God, how are you ever going to have a relationship with someone else? You're a slob. Oh, my God, you can't manage money. You're never going to make it in life if you can't manage money. And then the person doesn't manage money and keeps thinking they're not going to make it in life. 
That's why I did the self-love inner quest class. Because that inner quest that you take, we go back and we heal that. Because the way inferiority thinks is it does make you want to stop or wanting to be like others. It does make you worry about what other people think. It puts your focus on negative attributes, not positive attributes. You compare yourself to everyone you meet. Are they doing better or worse than I am? And then the worst people, we feel sorry for them because that makes us feel better. And the better people, we cut them down to size because that makes us feel better. I, I never thought I'd see it, but people think that I think I'm some kind of authority. And they'll write me and they're like, well, why don't you be more human? You're not perfect. And I'm like, did I ever say I was perfect? How could I be more human than I am? Or no matter what I say, or no matter what I do, and now I just say, oh, I get that. But I didn't before. Because my complex was still high, I tried to convince. I tried to show. I tried to explain. I tried to downplay, dumb down. Tried not to dress nice. I tried. I, I started feeling like I had this happiness guilt. For growing because I didn't fit into the world that I was in. And then my my brain started outgrowing that world and I found myself in a world of people who just accepted themselves. They didn't think they were superior. They just accepted themselves. So now with people who accept themselves, so now they accept me because we all get it. And then you get in a place where you start talking about ideas, about making the world through your world, not the whole world, just your part, because we get that we can't come in and take over the world, but we can one soul at a time. Heal people the way we feel that we have healed. We understand healing. So we all grow through. Now, if somebody just thinks they're superior, that's another issue because inferior and superior are both illusions. Anyone who thinks they're far better than others and anyone who thinks they're far worse than others are living in an illusion version of themselves. That's what they're doing. Some people use God as a weapon. Some people use money as a weapon. Some people use their status, their car, their house as a weapon to show the world that they're ahead of the curve. And those are unattractive illusions to us. Even though we all think we want to be there, 
the illusion is is that it's an illusion. And for people who don't know that, once they get there, they find that out. And the polar opposite illusion, believing that we're just the scrubs, the second-class caliber citizens, believing that makes us not make the best decisions we could make. So when I go to Christ and I say, what's up with this whole inferiority complex? I'm going to live an entire lifetime and throw it away feeling worse than other people. Feeling not good enough. Being extremely sensitive. No matter what anybody says, we're hurt over it. What the heck is going on? And a lot of it all goes back to just what I was saying, inadequate emotional support. If I could have one slogan, I would say people first. Pay attention to people first because everything else in your life from where you were born to the house you live in, to the cars your parents drive when you were little, to the car you have now, to the house you have now, to the job you have now, all that's a revolving door. The only constant in your life is you. Nobody will know your history if you don't tell them. But the minute you start to talk, people can get, and you get, you, everyone you meet, you get right away how confident they are or not. It just hits. You get it. But feeling like someone doesn't measure up, well, you know, you got it all together, but I don't. A doubt and uncertainty all the time. That lack of self-esteem. And it's usually subconscious. And then it causes people to overcompensate. I have to be there. I have to do this. I have to do that because that's where the importance is. This won't work without me. And we do it by trying to prove to ourselves that we are needed. It's just the way it goes when we try to create a niche for our existence. So we're either out there in every organization, working tirelessly, volunteering, trying to make our mark in one way or another, or we're completely asocial. We hide from the world because we're not good enough to be in it. We're just not good enough to be in it. A great example of that would be when my kids were younger, and I was, I was always pretty confident. I, there was a part of me that no one could get to, and that was my love for God. For some reason, I always felt safe because of the way I thought of God. This was prior to seeing Christ. 
But in my marriage, my husband did everything to let me know that no matter what I did, it was me wasting my time, stupid, not worth much, and what did that give me? Even if I told him I loved him, which I did in the beginning, he would say to me, I'm going to take your love to the bank and see what I can get for it. And at first, I thought he was joking. But when he kept saying it, and sometimes weren't in a good time, I just one day, and it took a long time, it took 13 years for me, I believed it. And when I believed it, I shut down. Everything shut down. I had all these dominoes of a million other things he said like that. And when I first got divorced, I couldn't even date anyone. Because I said to myself, once I believed his rhetoric, I I remember clearly thinking, my God, if I lived with someone for 13 years and that's what he says about me, who's going to ever be able to love that kind of person? Meaning me. I thought that I could never be loved again. And I was just so relieved that I no longer could see or hear him talk to me like that. He taught me single-handedly that I'd rather be alone and know I'm alone than to be alone with somebody constantly breaking me down because now I was getting tired And that inferiority was his, not mine. But I didn't know that. But I learned to give that energy back to him because I adopted it like you would adopt a child and treat it as your own. I adopted his inferiority and treated it as my own. And that's what happens to each and every one of us. Maybe not to that extreme. But there are stresses to children that we don't see that create the inferiority complex. Parental neglect, they're not home enough. They're not purposefully neglecting you, but they're not present. Abuse screaming at you or hitting you or breaking down the things you think are great. Not having emotional support, just inadequate conversations that let you know you're okay and you're going to make it in this world. Which 
all those end up showing up in poor school performance, poor academic performances, which is the report card. How did you get a C in this? I can't believe you didn't do your homework. Negative, 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 instead of, oh, wow, it looks like you were struggling. Let's build a path for you to no longer struggle. Because of this inferiority, I did take parenting classes, and we are now editing them. And we are, we only, like, spread out to my existing audience. On, because we're soft launching, and we probably will be for another two months, and we're getting some feedback. But honestly, it's the same people who've always done things and purchased things other than just hearing the radio show that have always done so. And so I would say, oh, my gosh, these are the ones that they know that there's more to learn and more to learn and more to learn about ourselves. Enough to take action. And the parenting class, I would bet that they also would take that, even though some of them are not even parents. And I would hope so. I even believe that the parenting class, is, if I were to choose between the two, I would have people, even if they're single, even if they've never had a child, even if they're married and they don't have children, even if they're a man and don't bear children, I would tell you to take the parenting class because that will help you resolve because that parenting class, it's good to parent your children through it, but what happens to the person when they're taking that class is they go back And through that teaching, you start to see your parents as people and not as your parents with their hand up in the air and you, the little child underneath it, feeling powerless. And when you can understand your parents, just like I gave my ex-husband back his energy, you will give them back the energy that you adopted, which is the inferiority. There's people who fight it for the rest of their lives. There's many I know who have fought it for their entire lifetime. And I sit with them before they die and they start talking. And if there's one thing I do is I listen. I listen. Because we all need a good listener. So what what did Christ say about it? What what about this inferiority? And you're not going to be surprised what it goes back to. But it goes back to the ego. The ego is a teacher, not a destination. But ego's first-line job, if there had to be a first line of 
I want to say attack that it throws at people is to see if it can separate us from ourselves. And then it, it makes us feel inept, although the trick with ego is it pretends it's very powerful. It comes in like, yeah, you should do this, you should do that, you should show them. You wait until people see who you've become. That's ego. Who cares what people see you've become? Who are the people? They're going to be the evolved, revolving door in your life. Who's the constant? You. But it separates us from ourselves. So now we're not thinking. Ego's doing the planning. Ego can take someone to the point of killing themselves. Nobody cares about you. You just wait and see how bad they feel when they find you. That's how far ego can take us. The minute we are thinking that other people will be affected by our actions, we have fallen into a huge trap because people have to survive and go on whether you killed yourself or not. I worked with a man whose whole family was scared of him and his next action and wanted me to meet with him. And I tried to avoid him. I, I told this story a long time ago at a party, but he, he came, he was living in Vietnam teaching English and he met a woman there and they were dating and then she broke up with him and he wanted to kill himself. They had to both buy tickets, parents, and fly over to Vietnam and bring him back. And now everyone's looking at him like he's a fragile piece of glass. Everybody's talking to him, trying to comfort him. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm staying away from that. And by the end of the night, I think I was the only person he didn't talk to, and it wasn't by mistake. I thought, gosh, can't I just go out for a night? But now it was all about this guy. And so I looked at him because by the end of the night, I don't know what his parents told him about me, but he came to the kitchen and he just stood there watching me do the dishes. Now, mind you, I was doing the dishes to get away from the party. He asked me if he could hug me. I said, sure. I hugged him. He talked to me about my energy. I said, oh, that's cool that you noticed that. Oh, I heard about you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's, that's cool. And then somehow, and I don't remember the very first words, we got on to him killing himself. So Christ chimes in real time in the conversation and says, why would you choose to kill yourself? You know you could only do that once. Once you've done it, you cannot change your mind. And when I said it to him, his whole demeanor changed from, oh, I'm such a power, you know, powerless old sap to, oh, my God, that's true. 
And he said, can I talk to you? And I said, not tonight. I just couldn't go there. By then, I'm ready to go home. I'm on the cleanup crew. I tried to avoid him. I said, but I I can see you tomorrow. So I went to go see him, and we went for a walk. And his killing himself was his way of soothing his pain through his family. Like, oh, the poor thing. That's when he got love. That's when he got sympathy. That's when he got empathy. That's when all the pussies were showing up at his door. And I said, there's people who live in life who just at least say I'm like everybody else so that they are free of the chains that bind them to that dysfunctional thought that we are inept. All the work I do, if you go back and listen to any of the shows, are healing our very own souls from thinking that we are not okay. It's like narcissism in reverse. Maria writes, is it kind of a narcissism? And we're going to talk about narcissism next week. And Liam writes, I believe an inferiority complex and a superiority complex are just two sides of, yes, they are. They're the extremes and the pendulum. We will talk more about inferiority. We will talk about narcissism starting next week. That will be the basis of our shows. I will see you guys tomorrow. I could talk for another hour about this. I love you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning.